we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 14th day of December, the year of our Lord, 2021. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams, and we've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. Bruce, how are you? Well, healthy and alive, doing well, had a great weekend. Looking forward to staying up in uh, cold temperatures to look at uh, Gemini tonight, but yeah, need your shower. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Speaking of... Um, Looking at uh, looking out into the sky at things you heard over the weekend, didn't you? You are in Tornado Alley, but your neck of the woods was spared this time. Yes. Massive, yes, uh, massive tornado. The largest, actually, I believe it's the largest tornado in U.S. history hit. Uh, that I don't know. I'd, I have to let's see. I've seen several headlines showing that, but an F5... Right, which is that that's the that's the strongest one. An F five and I believe that the storm front was around three hundred miles long. Hit was it five states? Something like that? Yes, it hit five states. Um at least uh sixty four and one state alone were killed. Um I know that the death toll is over a hundred now. I did see that. But uh yeah, it was it was bad. Uh Mayfield, Kentucky is the uh the lead uh the lead town that took the brunt of it. And I saw uh, they, and they were talking about 50, 50 dead right off the bat the next morning, you know, because I'm a little bit ahead on time here. And they had said that it's the worst tornado that they'd ever experienced. But I looked at that footage. I, I looked at the photos and everything. It looked like something out of the movie Twister. Do you remember that movie back in the, uh, the like, was it the 90s or oh, something? Yeah. 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 The one about yeah. the tornadoes? I've seen, uh, seen that one a few times because uh, some of the areas were, I mean, you, you know. Oh, it's down around um, you. Yeah, it was in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, okay. So some of the damage I hadn't gone. So I seen that it had happened, but I was kind of busy this weekend. So I didn't, I didn't get to see some of the pictures until now. Um, looking at some of the pictures and the damage that it wrought, this looks very reminiscent of the 95, I think, or 90. Uh -huh. There was a, there was an, uh, F it's been cat. It's, it's now an EF six because they've changed how they, they do tornadoes. Uh, but at the time it was an F5. It was right at the, uh, I think it's 318 miles an hour is the cutoff between F5 and F6. And it was just over or in that range. Uh, so they, they upgraded it to an EF6 later. But anyway, um, it had ripped up uh, roads, foundation of houses. I mean, this looks pretty reminiscent of what happened there. It, it's the, the level of destruction is really high. I've only um, ever seen something like this either in the movies, but in reality, the next closest thing I remember seeing to, to seeing anything like this was Hurricane Andrew when I was a kid back in the night. You know, the one that went all the way across the state of Florida. I mean, it just absolutely devastated everything down there. I mean, it was horrible. It, it was terrible to see that. The entire towns were just gone. 
and and that's exactly what happened here. Entire towns are just gone. Yeah, the uh, uh, I, I don't know what to say to it. I mean, it should you hope for the best. I mean, I know there's that's it's tough. Yeah, yeah, you do. But guess what? The FEMA administrator, guess what they have blamed this on? <laughs> I'm going to uh, climate change. How did you know that? It's the only narrative that fits. Federal Emergency Management Agency Administrator Deanne Criswell laid blame on climate change for the deadly tornado outbreak over the weekend, claiming such disasters will be the, quote, new normal from now on. Where have we heard that before? The new normal. Yeah, it's the new normal. This is going to be our new normal, Criswell said during a, during an appearance on CNN. Said, well, you had to say that, otherwise they wouldn't let you on the network. The effects we are seeing of climate change are the crisis of our generation. We're taking, a, we're taking a lot of efforts at FEMA to work with communities to help reduce the impacts that we're seeing from these severe weather events and help develop system-wide projects that can help protect communities. What, what does she just say? BS is, is what was just said. We're not, working not... with communities to help reduce the impacts that we're seeing from severe weather events to help develop system-wide projects that can help protect communities. Um, Why is this person collecting actually, salary? I, I could say that they're working with communities to upgrade the emergency systems, like, you know, the sirens okay. and those kind of things. All but right. you could have said that if that's what you're talking about. Why so is the community doing they, that with the state instead of the federal government? Well, I'm I'm because of the way it was worded there and they were going around, they were beating around the bush and didn't get straight to the point and say exactly what they're doing. It says to me they're doing some kind of uh, climate change nonsense, build back better nonsense, something of that vein, ilk, which Joe Biden said this, by the way, he said that it, this was climate change. The, Did he actually say the, that? The, the, he, he said that because there's oh, a, there was a response by a meteorologist on this. I can't believe and, he even realized that there was something that happened down there. Well, he's just reading a speech. He's a puppet at this point. Well, yeah. Did he say end of message um, when he was done? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so 1974, uh, that year specifically, um, I'm looking at a graph here. It has uh, from 1954 to 2014. Okay. And it shows the level, the level of global carbon emissions have steadily been increasing. Uh -huh. uh, but then the number of the count of strong and violent tornadoes. Okay. Hold on just so, a second. Where, where's this data from? Where's this data from? This is from the National Centers for Environmental Information. Got it. Okay. Continue. Yeah. So the... Data shows that in 1974, they had the most uh, strong or violent tornadoes. They had 100, almost 140 on this graph. Okay. Uh, and the years prior, they had quite a, you know, over, over 100 in some cases, uh, you know, 70, 80, 90. But then from about 1974 forward, those numbers have decreased steadily. There was one anomalous year, if you will, in, uh, what was it, maybe 2010 or so, 2011, somewhere in there, they had 80, but everything else has been below 60 with you know, the carbon emissions during this time from 1974 to today have doubled. So if it was directly caused by our uh, emissions, this is in uh, billion metric tons, by the way, uh, it was 5 billion metric tons in 1974. It is now 10 over 10 billion today. If it was directly caused by that, we should have seen double uh, the, the, the violent tornadoes and everything. We've seen uh, a, a sharp decrease. Not only that, but 
an increase in carbon emissions, I mean, let, let's just be honest here. Let, let's kind of throw that agenda back onto itself because that's what they do with everything with, with all these agendas anyway. Let's throw it back onto itself. Let's just talk worst case scenario. Wouldn't that be a, a good thing if we had higher carbon emissions? And just from a production standpoint, you, you're talking about these agendas that we see now about, oh, there's too many people, we don't have enough food, and everyone's got not going to have enough food because of climate change and this and that. Well, hang on a minute. If our carbon emissions are so high and we're warming, right? Global warming. Yeah. Anybody remember that? Which that's not actually happening. We're actually cooling because we're going back down into a solar minimum. But if we were actually increasing temperatures, which that's what they're still sticking to, they're still saying, oh, it's going to be what, 50 degrees Celsius higher than what it is now by the year 2100, right? Let's pick a year that no one's going to be around to see. So they're, they're going with some crackpot theory here saying that we're, we're going through this global warming period and we're increasing carbon emissions and it's all your fault. Yet, look at the harvest yields. They're dropping. It's the opposite of what they're saying is my point. If we had some warming uh, and we had higher carbon I emissions, we'd have bigger harvests and we'd be able to grow things in places that we otherwise wouldn't be able to. We'd be able to grow food if we had warming. We'd be able to grow food that we can't grow in northern countries in the world, like all the Nordic countries. You can be, you'd be able to grow like citrus fruits and, and tropical fruits and things like that up there. But as it sits right now, you can't do that because it's too cold. So is it actually what they're saying? The answer is no. I mean, of course, we know that, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to sum it up and make it practical so so uh, people can understand it. Or um, the uh, North and South Pole having um, forests. Uh, they have petrified uh, fossils yeah. Yeah. of trees there. Um, I actually, I if, saw something on that once. Uh, it, it was just one of those those crazy documentaries that are on like the TV Plus or whatever it is on your smart TV. Yeah, yeah. And I turned it on and I thought they, they were leading an expedition above the Arctic Circle. And I thought, Hey, this is pretty interesting. It was it was a it was an archaeologist and it was two anthropologists. And there's only like two weeks a year that you can go up there because uh, because of the temperatures and the way that the frost is and, and the way the weather is and things like that. And they're up there. There's no trees. Right. Because it's just the way that it is like there, there's no way the trees can grow there. But they ran across they were out walking and they were like two, three hours out somewhere. And while they were out walking, they ran across these uh, it looked like uh, tree stumps just out in the middle of nowhere, just tree stumps. I mean, loads of them. And what they were, it was fascinating to see this. What they were, were actual tree stumps, but they were from millions and millions of years ago. And they had been petrified, but it, they'd been there so long and they'd been preserved so well because of the, the, the climate up there that they literally turned into stone. It was fascinating to see. Yeah, the, the petrified. Um, and it was a ironically, it, it was a it was a complete it was a swampland. It was a fossilized swampland that they were in. I'm I'm, I'm curious uh, the method they used for carbon dating because uh, um, I'm I'm a bit skeptical uh, because the methods of carbon dating, if you if you look at um, back in 19, I think it was 88 when Mount St Helens erupted, uh, some of the trees that were knocked down into the uh, one of the lakes there, uh, they were petrified before they hit the bottom. Um, Interesting. That's supposed to take a long time. And when they pulled the trees up, they showed that they were uh, millions of years old when they were literally just happened the year or two I was before. Say, yeah, that's not possible. That's not possible yeah, at all. So, I mean, unless unless they somehow got the wrong tree. I mean, uh, I, my understanding is they tested multiple. But the, the thing about petrification, it's the same thing with coal. Coal takes a long time to produce, right? And when you get coal... It's supposed to take a long time to turn coal into diamonds, right? And we a lot can of create both in a laboratory. All it takes is the proper materials 
proper temperatures and proper amount of pressure. And you can create all those things. Lab grown thing diamonds. Petrification. Yeah, lab grown diamonds. You ever seen them? Um, I, I, maybe I don't know. I, I've not actually gone in and, but I know they're they're perfect when you compare them to the real world. There's no flaws. There's no flaws at all. I I uh, I talk. I know a guy that's uh, that's in the uh, the jewelry. But he's been in the jewelry business for uh, like almost twenty years, and so he he knows all about diamonds and and all that stuff. I mean, he's he's an expert. He's he's their diamond guy. So he's all you know into like the, the different cuts and the way that the. Uh, the way that the the stones are supposed to be and what they represent, things like that. He he knows all of it. He can pick out the flaws. He's he's one of these guys that has like the little the monocle eyepiece. It's like the magnifying glass. You know what I'm talking about. And he'll sit there and under the underneath the uh, the light and twist it around. He, he's one of these guys, like you see in the movies. And he's he's actually looked at you know he's compared them side by side and he's laid them out in front of me before and he says which one is real and which one's lab grown. And I've actually picked the lab grown ones as being the real ones. And when you test them, he's actually showed me that when you test them, they test almost pure, almost. There's like a, a you know, just a, a point, like a, just a decimal point off. Uh, it's it's just like, it's that close. Uh, and the, you, you really can't tell the difference. You, you really cannot tell the difference. They're, they're, as you said, they're essentially the exact same thing. And they, they have the same qualities and all of that, um, which by the way, uh, slight side note, if any of you are, uh, thinking about getting jewelry for your significant other, look at getting the lab-grown ones. You can't tell to the untrained eye that they're not uh, naturally grown, if you will, uh, which naturally, it, it, it's so, anyway, um, but they're a lot cheaper. Much, lot cheaper. much cheaper. A lot cheaper. And you know what? Diamonds are actually, they're, they're kept off the market on purpose to drive the price up, just if anyone didn't know that. Um, anyway, all right, so I tell you what, let's let's get back, right? I'll, I'll bring us back. Let's get back to the uh, the inclimactic weather, right? Because that's what we were talking about. We were talking about climate change. Let's, let's get back to climate change. Because this was caused by climate change, you know, of course, there has to be a response from the White House. President Joe Biden has decided that he's going to go visit the, uh, the area of Kentucky that was damaged from the extreme weather. Uh, you might ask, well, when's he going? Not yet. Uh, he's he's still still getting everything squared away on on when he's going to get down there and, and and deal with it. But it looks like he's going to go on Wednesday sometime. So yeah, it's it's going to take a while. Uh, he's going to go to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, for a uh, for a storm briefing on Wednesday, and then he's going to go down to Mayfield and Dawson Springs, Kentucky, to survey the storm damage. He said Monday that I'm, he has I'm, made it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm torn on this one. Just on on the surface, I'm torn because. Um, back when Katrina happened, I remember, uh, was, it was Bush, wasn't it? Uh, Katrina. Yeah. I remember him saying that he wasn't going to set foot there because of the logistics needed to provide him with protection and all those kind of things. It would be, he would be in the way basically. So he flew over the location now. And he couldn't decide if it was a natural disaster or not. Just thought I'd throw that in there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, party politics aside, um, I'm. Actually, not sure that that's not the correct way to do things. Just look at the data coming in and the footage that you're seeing, and you can make a statement on it and actually do something if if it's warranted to to help. Don't go down there and see it for yourself. That's just a political show, and it it has no real effect. You know, I think when presidents go to these things, it just like. I don't know if it does it anymore, but it used to instill confidence in people. That's all it would do. So, for example, let's take just for an example, let's take um, let's take 9-11. OK, you had Rudy Giuliani out there, right? Just I'm just saying politicians in general. In general. You had Rudy Giuliani out there and it instilled confidence in 
uh, in the public that somebody was actually taking a leadership role and was going to do something. When you had 9-11 happen and the World Series went back to New York that year, Yankee Stadium, George Bush walked out of the dugout to throw out the first pitch. And that crowd erupted. It was deafening. It was deafening. Just because it was optics, it instilled confidence saying, here's, you know, here, here's, here's our guy that's, um, <laughs> how, how do I even say this? I didn't like Bush. I mean, I, I didn't like him at all. That was a time when it was still, you still had Democrats and Republicans yeah. that could yeah. get together. Yeah. Uh, Obama, if, if Obama were to have done something like that, he was not liked in uh, a town 30 minutes of here from here uh because we the keystone pipeline was supposed to yeah. come through there he was supposed yeah. to have a speech and you know yeah. and and he didn't show up um there's if joe biden was to show up there in person i would uh, imagine there's going to be a lot of fjb let's go brandon you know those kind of things going on in kentucky oh you better believe it yeah at the same time though uh cons- people not really conservatives, just people in general in these locations typically put their politics aside when there's a disaster like this. You, you don't care whether it's a Democrat or Republican. You don't care. It's a person in need. So that said, even if he does show up, that may not happen at all. Um, you know, but I imagine there's going to be some. They tried to play this. See, they can't go down there and play politics, though. That's the problem, because we're, we're in the era of identity politics and dividing people and all this stuff. And a natural disaster like this, you can't divide people. You, you can't you can't well, be seen as it, it's Kentucky. It's a bunch of white supremacists and yeah, you know, right. white nationalists. Right. So sure. you, you can't play the party politics there. Right. Yeah, sure. Hurricane Harvey. Do you remember the uh, the media tried to make a, a circus out of that one? Of course, Trump was in office. They tried to make a circus out of that one, saying, oh, the uh, uh, th- it's nothing but a bunch of uh, uh, white supremacists and a bunch of haters and, and, and racists and bigots and everything down there. And if you flipped on the TV, what did you see? You saw every race, color, and creed. You saw Americans saving Americans. That's what you saw. It, it didn't matter. The color you were uh, didn't matter. The color of your skin didn't matter. What color? What color shirt you had on? If you were in need, people brought out their own boats, their own trucks, their own rescue equipment, and the people dealt with it. They saved other people during that hurricane. That's what Americans do. So you can't go down there if you're Joe Biden and play party politics because you know damn well he would go down there and he would try and, and spout some BS political agenda about climate change and this and that. And people don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear it. People are sick of hearing it. You know, what, what's he going to do? Blame retail theft or something? I mean, that, that's what that's what the, uh, the press secretary is doing. Anyway. All right. That's, that's enough of that. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to ask you, Bruce. Uh, there's a couple of I got a couple of things here and I'm not sure because they're, they're not really connected, but they kind of are. So I'm going to let you choose on which direction you want to go. Do you want to talk hypocrisy in New York? Do you want to talk Don Lemon at CNN? Or do you want to talk Anthony Fauci? I'll let you choose. Well, all three I know are what we're going to get with Fauci. All three are good. Uh, yeah, but if I pull Fauci, that's going to end up, we're going to end up talking about COVID in some way. Well, yeah. Uh, right, let's hear the hypocrisy. All right. So New York, the state of New York, the unelected governor of New York, I might add, Governor Kathy, whatever name was it? Is it Hochul or Hokum or, or whatever? Hochul, I think it is. It, it doesn't matter, right? The woman wasn't even elected. No one even voted for this woman. Kind of like a lot of politicians these days. No one votes for them, but they magically get in there and they tell you how to run your life. Oh, I just funny how that happens. Unelected Governor Kathy Hochul 
She was partying maskless while implementing a mask mandate for New Yorkers. Photo of her was taken at Kings County Democratic Committee holiday party in Brooklyn, New York. Shows her, it shows uh, Governor Hochul and others on stage without masks while they're implementing a mask mandate across the state. Just one day before Friday's announcement from New York Kathy, or New York Governor Kathy, uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul's implementing of a mask mandate for indoor public places, she was seen in a photo posted on her Twitter celebrating at a public gathering without a mask. Oh, I guess I, I guess it's. Because the the mandate didn't go until the next day, so technically she wasn't she wasn't breaking her own uh, her own rules. The mask mandate, which was announced on Friday, states that indoor public spaces must require masks or implementation of vaccine requirements, meaning vaccine passports. It is unclear whether the establishment had a vaccine mandate in place. Of course, I don't think it really matters because, well, let's be honest, it was a sophisticated vaccinated crowd, right? That's, that's what it was. That's what it was. Though its location is in New York City, where proof of vaccination is required to enter many businesses, could point to why Hochul and others were allowed to be maskless. Her tweet was quickly called out by Twitter users, where the post was heavily ratioed, who reminded the governor of her recently enacted mandate. Uh, quite a bit of vulgar language in a lot of these responses. Where's your effing mask, you unelected effing? Yeah, okay, yeah, you get the idea. Nice to see you having fun socializing while my vaccinated students have to eat silence, uh, have to eat silence six feet about from one another like inmates in a prison. Don't worry, it's okay for all these adults to be maskless indoors. The real threat is my two-year-old, so as long as he and his friends wear masks eight hours a day, we'll all be okay. Rules for thee, but not for me. Uh, and so on and so forth. You know, a lot of question marks and, you know, things like that. Um, she also said in an announcement on Friday that she uh, she said the decision to bring back a mask mandate was based on the state's weekly seven day case rate, which I think they had all of what, four last week, four cases of this supposed Omicron variant, four cases. Yeah, and increasing- Omicron so dangerous and deadly. Oh, yes, it's, de- and, yeah, it's deadly. And- I know, I know. Mm. The, the UK, uh, what they've done in the UK mm. today is just, and what they've done in Germany today is just, man, it trumps, it trumps all else. Uh, it, it, it trumps everything. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that very briefly. Uh, the state will reevaluate the mask mandate, meaning they're just going to ignore whatever they did before, forget everything we told you before, just do what we say now. Uh, and that will, buy, that will apply to both patrons and staff and will be in effect from December 15th through January 15th, which, of course, you know, at that time, they're going to extend it all the way out probably until March when they come out with the next booster, or excuse me, the new vaccine, and then you'll need two boosters thereafter. I'm quoting... Uh, Ms. Hochul here, as governor, my two top priorities are to protect the health of New Yorkers and to protect the health of our economy. The temporary measures I am, yeah, temporary, temporary measures I'm taking today will help accomplish this through the holiday season. She declared a disaster emergency on November 26th due to coronavirus concerns over the Omicron variant, warning New York residents, it's coming. That sounds that's that's funny. She said that. That sounds almost like Boris Johnson, doesn't it? Does doesn't that, doesn't that sound like something that Boris said just uh, just just the other day? He said this just yesterday, I believe. He said there is a tidal wave of Omicron coming. Uh-huh. But it, it sounds it sounds almost like they're they're following the same script. Almost. Just almost, yeah. Anyway, never. I, they they would never follow the same. No. It's not like no, the news not. media was following no. the same script in the no, beginning. No, of no. All see, this. no. See, they're they're exactly. trying to inform people. No, they're trying to inform people, and they're trying to in the in the the the, the, politi- the political arm. They're just trying to protect people's health. By the way, if you still believe any of that, if you're a new listener, if you're still if you're just waking up, welcome to the party. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put that out there. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the real side of what actually happens in the world. Welcome. Happy to have you here. Well, welcome to reality. Glad you took the uh, 
uh, the red pill instead of the blue one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Happy to have you on fun. board. Now it's time to get to work. We got we got a lot to do. Boris Johnson, he said that the governor's saying it's coming. But then but then, Bruce, you and I saw a video just earlier. And this is actually I'm going to put this up on a Telegram page later today. Uh, there is a video that is circulating out there on the uh, the alternative media. And it is inside of a subway car in New York. Did you see that? Did you see all of the uh, uh, like that's just Man, that's dystopic. That's like something out of it's literally something out of Orwell's 1984. Yeah. First, it was the um, uh, the sexualization of things. Uh, we, we had a video of a, a, a woman going through and tearing those down and talking about yeah. an Asian woman, in fact, and talking about how uh, this is used to divide us and, and destroy our society. No different here. This is just this is dystopian level stuff like this is this is like. You know, the things joked about in movies like uh, Obey or, you know, the, the the different lines like that's literally what this is. That's literally this. It is. <laughs> it's pretty funny. In fact, it is literally that it is literally that. I mean, I was I was looking at a lot of these things. Uh, don't be that person. And there's somebody with a mask off. Uh, and then it says if it's, you know, save someone else's life. Uh, opinion Masks should be like opinions. Everyone should have one. I mean, it's just in this like this is stuff we were trying to figure out who was putting this out. The MTA is putting this out. The Metro Transit Authority in New York is putting this out. Masks speak louder than words <laughs> from, from yeah, whose the... from whose perspective. It's just it's it's disgusting. Actually, no, that's true. Masks do speak louder than words. If, if you're one of those uh, people out there that are wearing a mask, uh, you're you're one of two groups. Either you're one group that just doesn't want any kind of confrontation or conflict uh so problem group uh you're you're the ones that just um you're you're you were the good german that didn't speak up when you knew that people were being executed or gassed or any of those things. you were the good ones okay you were you were a good nazi then you have the other ones that are wearing the masks that are the full-blown um they'll throw you in the in the gas chamber themselves when in fact they're the ones like it's a race now I think to see which one's going to get there first, because th like they're, they're going, how do I even put this? The European countries are, <laughs> I, I don't even want to say doubling down anymore. They're quintupling down. It, it's insane. Like they have just gone absolutely bonkers. Let me explain what's happening. Okay. So in the United States, let's start there. In the United States, court systems are now wrecking this federal vaccine mandate. Okay. That's what's actually happening in the United States. This now draws serious problems for the European side of things because and you say, well, what is that? What do the U.S. court cases have to do with anything in the European Union? Let me explain. If you know anything about American law and a lot of European countries laws, they take a lot of their laws based on the cases that we rule on in the United States. So if something gets tossed out in the U.S., it's probably not going to fly over here because we all come from Western civilization. We all pretty much have, well, pretty close to the same laws. I mean, we all pretty much live the same, though we vary on the surface culturally and things like that, sure. But we all pretty much live the same when it comes right down to it. The Americans, the, the Germans, the French, the English, um, not so much the Spanish or the Italians, but I mean, you, you get the idea. Uh, the Dutch, uh, the... Um, uh, the Canadians, the Americans, you know, we, we all pretty much live the same lifestyle wise and, and by rule of law. I mean, we, we share we share common laws, although some European countries don't have common law. We do follow English common law in places like Australia and the United States, Canada and uh, UK and, and places like that. So 
if you have that being torpedoed in America, which is not even being talked about here, that, that's not even being discussed. On top of that, the, the protests over here are just getting out of control. When, when I say getting out of control, man, they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's almost creepy <laughs> the size they're getting. Like, I'm starting to get concerned. I'm like, damn. That's a lot of people. <laughs> that is a lot of people. But uh, they're just, they're going insane. The German government has said today, and you couldn't make the magnitude of this up. The, the German government has said today that uh, booster injections are now offered as early as four weeks. <laughs> four weeks. You see, I thought it was crazy when Sajid Javid said last week, we're going to half the booster requirement from six months to three months. And it's like the Germans are just saying, oh, we're we're going to go, we're going to go four weeks. We're going to go a month. <laughs> what? So what, you're going to have to take 12 a year now? What is it? You got to, I tell you what, let's just, let's just throw everything. Let, let's just stop eating food. Okay. Which I mean, if we keep on this path, that's where we're going to end up. Let, let's just stop eating food and let's just live off of Bill Gates's vaccines. Why, why don't we just do that? I mean, that I, I think he would be happy. Don't you think he, he would be happy if we would all just do that? I mean, it would take a lot of vaccine to do that, but... Uh, I think if the people demanded it, though, he would be up to the challenge, don't you think? He'd be more than eager. I mean, he's wanting us to drink sewage water, so... Uh. Four weeks. Seriously. <laughs> do you remember what I said, though? Go back a year. What did I say last year? I said, the final days of a ruling elite, the final days of a ruling power structure, when that party's over, they just get more and more insane and they start one-upping each other. Let, let me explain how this works. I, I've explained this before. I'm going to do it again because I know we have new listeners. When you have a group of people, now, whether that's a totalitarian movement or, or what throughout history, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. Uh, it all follows the same uh, the same type of behavior. When you have a group of people that have been in power, when you have a power elite, doesn't matter what they are, whether they're fascist, communist, whatever, as long as they are totalitarian in nature, which these people clearly are. When you have an established elite that have been in power for a prolonged period of time, and they somehow or another get weakened in one way or another. Now you say, okay, well, how did they get weakened? The populist movement. That's how they got weakened. That's what happened. It, it wasn't just the election of Donald Trump. That was part of it. That was the American side of things. That energized the populist movement even more. Whether you like Donald Trump or whether you don't like Donald Trump, it doesn't really matter. The fact is, is what he represents. I never really liked Donald Trump. I like what he represented, but that's about as far as it went. I liked some of the things that he stood for, but Quite frankly, in, in this day and age, whatever he's doing now, like some of these endorsements this week, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I don't want anything to do with whatever that man's doing anymore. I, I don't care. Don't tell me about 3D, 4D, 5D, 6D, 8D, 10D chess. I don't care. I don't care. The man can do whatever in the hell he wants to do. I don't want any part of that. But he was elected. The Brexit movement started to leave the European Union. The, the European Union was on its way out anyway. But Brexit, a country leaving, well, that was, no, 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 that was, that was just unheard of. Then Boris Johnson came along. Get it done. You remember that? Get it done. He won by a landslide. First time in, I, I don't know how many years that they took a majority government. They didn't need anybody's help. And then they flipped just like that on the British people. Now they don't need a coalition government to get things through. You see what's happening now as a result of that. It was a bait and switch. The Tory government was compromised, but nonetheless, the damage had been done. It didn't really matter. The elite threw a Hail Mary pass on this one. So what have they done? They have implemented this plan a lot sooner than what they wanted to do it. They were going to do all this regardless. This was all coming down the road. They just weren't going to do it. I, I was actually, I was expecting them to wait maybe another, maybe another 10 to 15 years, maybe possibly even 20, because if you would have waited about another 20 years, then you really could have had it. 
I, I think they really could have had it. But uh, right now, uh, there. I would mean, have been the, too late. Might have been too late, but at the same, yeah, if we would have gone through the technological revolution, yeah. But right now, this whole agenda that they're that they're putting forth, this whole thing's being held together with spit and string. It's laughable. It's laughable at this point. They've got too many irons in the fire. They're stretched too thin, and the populist movement has increased tenfold, if not more, across all nations. So now, not only do they have to deal with a populist movement in America and in the UK, now you've got to deal with it in all the European countries and in Australia, New Zealand, and in the Eastern Bloc countries. That's not good. That's not good. They've really angered people. Do you remember they tried to do that nonsense with the Polish and the Belarusian border? Do you remember that? Oh, that ended real quick when the Poles wouldn't buckle. They said, all right, you're going to come across our borders? Come on. We'll drop you. You know what they did? They put them on flights and they went home. That's how you stop it. Who was paying for those people to be out there? Who was paying? When I say paying, don't tell me this this crap. Oh, yeah, they're starving people. Well, then why'd they go home? If, if, they're, if they're in fear of their lives, well, then why'd they go home? Don't give me that crap. But to the larger points, why are we seeing things spiral out of control? Because the power elite were weakened by we the people. They were weakened by the populist movement. So what happens when that happens? What happens to them? What happens to their their state of mind? What happens to their agendas? Well, they get whipped up into this 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 insane frenzy of just hatred, fear, and paranoia. From a behavioral standpoint, nothing more. If you examine that, if you take hatred, fear, and paranoia and, well, insanity and, and being in a frenzy, look at the way they're behaving. Are they exhibiting all of those behaviors? They get to a point where they start politically trying to one-up each other and backstab each other and, and cut each other out and, and create a, a power monopoly of an inner circle, and that's all they're trying to do. Now it's just countries trying to one-up each other. You know, what's, what's, his, um, what's his name? Javid comes out and says, um, or no, Austria, right? Uh, what's his name? Schallenberg down there says, all right, we're going uh, to put in a, a mandatory vaccine. And von der Leyen comes out at the European Union and says, we're just going to vaccinate the whole European Union. <laughs> and then Javid comes out and says, we're going to put boosters out every 90 days. And then Germany comes out and says, we're going to do every month. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's insane. It's insane. It's laughable. They have, they have really, really uh, jumped the shark on this one. Uh, and it's, <laughs> I, I just, I wonder, um, I wonder because I, I know history. I know how these things go. I know what happens. And I can tell you that I don't know what's going to happen next. I knew that they were going to be at this point. I mean, we called this one well over a year ago. But the problem is, is that this particular predicament that they're in, this makes them extremely dangerous, as if they're not already dangerous enough. This makes them even more dangerous. Now, does that say, does that mean that they're going to uh, do something crazy, like set off a nuke or something? I don't know. I don't know. God, I hope not. But I do know this. And it's not my opinion when I say this. You've heard them say, you even heard Prince Charles say, we must use every lever at our disposal because we're not going to get another chance at this. He said that in the beginning of COVID, in the beginning. Klaus Schwab himself. You know what? I've got the clip here of dear old Klaus, and we haven't played it in a while, but I want you to hear from Klaus Schwab himself, founder of the World Economic Forum. I want you to hear what he has to say about what they're trying to do, the Great Reset. Listen to this. This is from the Great Reset podcast that they produced at the World Economic Forum. Listen to this. Some people may say this is too idealistic, um, but what other choice do we have? At least we have to try. Uh, we may fail, and um, next generations, or even we ourselves, will have to pay the price for our failure. At least we should try. 
Now, pay very close attention to what that man said. I mean, first and foremost, this guy is a nightmare, but pay very close attention to what he said. Some people may say this is too idealistic. Well, it certainly is. Uh, in my, my humble opinion, it certainly is. Look what you're doing. But what other choice do we have? He's not talking about we the people. He's talking about his kind, the power elites. What other choice do they have? They have no other choice. They're at the end. They've stolen all the money. They've compromised all the corporations. They've bought off all the governments. They're finished. They're done with you. They're done with the economy. And now they've jump-started the fourth industrial revolution that they're trying to take over. We're going through that regardless. Doesn't matter. We're going through that regardless. They just want to be able to control where it goes. They want to be able to pick the winners and losers when, in fact, they are the losers. So, as he said, and Klaus isn't wrong. He says, what are the choices we have? Now, we may fail... And the next generation, or we ourselves, will have to pay the price for our failure. But at least we should try. He's talking about what they're doing now. If they fail, which I believe they are on the road to failure, if they fail, they are going to have to pay the price. And I think we all know what that price is. The trending topic on Twitter the last four days, the last four days, the top trend on Twitter has been what? Now, mind you, most conservative pundits have been banned off of Twitter. So you have a largely echo, or excuse, you have largely an echo chamber of the left over there, which is the foot soldiers that Klaus and company use. The top trend on Twitter for the last few days has been what? It's been Nuremberg 2. So see, Klaus and company know that if they fail, they will have to pay that price. Not coming quick enough, in my opinion. They're doing a lot of damage on the way out. They are, uh, but it's the scorched earth policy. Look yeah. back to, um, it's, it's, it goes the same way every time. You look back to the final days of the Third Reich, okay? Just, just looking back at that from a historical context, let's look at that. What happened at the end when the Allies were closing in, when the Axis powers were defeated? I mean, they were done. When they were defeated and the Allies were just swooping in on Berlin and doing the cleanup, what happened? What, what, what did those, those crazy, sick, psychotic bastards, what did they do? They started destroying all of the German infrastructure, all of it. They, they started destroying all their own stuff, burning their own house down. And do you know what the, you know what the response was from Hitler and his ilk of just psychotic uh, maniacs? Well, if the German people don't stand with us, well, then they don't deserve any of that. It's the same here, isn't it? It's the exact same thing. If you think about it, well, if the people of the world don't stand with us, well, then they don't deserve any of that because we're the ones that gave it to them. Uh, no, son, the free market gave us that stuff. The free market that you've hijacked, that you've turned into this 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 three ring circus, th this this economy that we're now dependent on on slave labor from China, from you sick idiots. We got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do to rebuild all of this, because once these people I, I shouldn't even call them people. I don't think they even deserve that that uh, that designation at this point. But once we deal with these scumbags, then the real work begins. Bruce, let's talk about Dr. Anthony Fauci. Or okay, do you individual. Want, yeah, do you the want to sainted. talk? Okay, the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci. Let's talk about it, Dr. Anthony Fauci. He says that Americans may just have to deal with more COVID nineteen vaccine booster shots. Why? Show me the data. Well, it's the the data is clear. The, excuse me, the data is <laughs> the data is the clear. Data, yeah. The data, I didn't know data had an R in it, but the data is clear. Uh, Fauci was responding to a question asking if Americans should expect yearly booster shots. Doctor Anthony Fauci said that Americans will just have to deal with the prospect of getting more coronavirus booster shots. He made the statement on Sunday morning and said that the level of protection, again with this level of protection stuff, the level of protection that the current coronavirus booster shots give to individuals will have to be monitored closely within the next several months. Yeah, just like they'll 
roll out a new one for you here in just a few months. He says, if it becomes he, necessary. Yeah, go ahead. He, he, he says the data is clear. That, that, that really grinds my gears when he pulls that one out because he never quotes the data. He never points you to where he's getting the data. He just says, well, the data is clear. N- no, it's not. It, when you look at the data, um, okay, they're, they're touting Omicron now, right? Um, the, the first death of Omicron has happened. Also, again, I'm going to point out in the UK. Yeah, this is, well, no, this is in the world. It happened in the UK, but this oh, was the, the first, first one death in the recorded world. in the world. Yes. Oh. Yes. Um, let me, let me point out as, uh, again, Omicron was discovered last year, one year, one month ago. Uh, that's when it was first sequenced. Why have they pulled it out now? Um, uh, this is, um, and then on top of that, I, I want uh, doc, uh, Dr. Fauci to, uh, I believe it was out of Michigan was the paper, um, basically showed that um, it was the first research study into, what, what is it, antibody-dependent enhancement? Did I get it right this time? Yes, ADE. ADE, okay. Um, there was a paper out of Michigan that was talking about uh, ADE, and they were saying that um, basically the vaccines are... Um, for the other variants, it's holding the virus's hand, walking them through uh, your your cells. To, to put it in in very basic terms, um, in other words, <laughs> the vaccine is bonding with the virus and helping it evade your immune system and causing uh, mutations. It, it it's literally the cause of mutations. I want him to talk about that. Uh, explain that one. Uh, Dr. Fauci, why is the leaky vaccine that yet again, you're you're pushing another leaky vaccine that's pushing, causing strong arming different variants? More to that point, uh, not only is he pushing the, the leaky vaccine, he's pushing the leaky vaccines that he himself personally holds the patents on that he stands to make a lot of money off of. Uh, so yeah, I, the, I, the government as, as a whole has a 50 percent stake in the Moderna one. Yeah. How how is how is this full? Like I, I would love to ask Senator Rand Paul that question directly. I know he's not from my state, but uh, I still am an American citizen. I'm an American voter. Uh, I would assume he would take one simple question from just a lowly constituent like myself. Uh, why is this man still walking around? Why is this man not in handcuffs? You're too unimportant. I, apparently so. Fauci said, and this is I'm quoting here. He says, if it becomes necessary to get yet another booster, then we'll just have to deal with it when that occurs. No. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No. <laughs> it, I, I told you they're just like they're, they're just they're quintupling. They're like they're just insane. They're insane. The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases director also said that he's hoping. That you, don't you love it when you hope? Or when he hopes? Don't don't you love that? He's hoping that a third mRNA shot will give longer lasting protection. I'm quoting here. I'm hoping from an immunological standpoint that a third shot of an mRNA. And the second shot of a J&J will give much greater durability of protection than just the six months or so that we're seeing right now. He added that it's possible okay. that the booster shot could see could dramatically increase the level of protection. Just just for, just before before you respond to that again, this closely correlates, if not almost exactly word for word, to Boris Johnson yesterday. Earlier today, the UK's four chief medical officers raised the COVID alert level to four, its second highest level, because of the evidence that Omicron is doubling here in the UK every two to three days. And we know from bitter experience how these exponential curves develop. No one should be in any doubt 
there is a tidal wave of Omicron coming. And I'm afraid it is now clear that two doses of vaccine are simply not enough to give the level of protection we all need. But the good news is that our scientists are confident that with a third dose, a, a booster dose, we can all bring our level of protection back up. Does that sound oddly similar to what Fauci just said? It does sound oddly familiar. Um, uh, again, these boosters, this is for a vaccine that was designed to combat the alpha variant. Uh, all the data that they tout, oh, it's safe and effective and it works great against... No, that was the alpha variant. And we're also seeing that it's not safe. It, there's a lot of people that are um, athletes that are um, having heart complications because two of more. this vaccine. Two more. We, we watched the videos. Two more went down over the weekend here in Europe. Yes. Well known as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, n n no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to take your jab. Um, you, you've been lying to us the entire time. This is also another reason uh, we, we kind of uh, have, have pointed this out before, but I just want to uh, reiterate it. This is why I don't like Trump anymore. This is one of the reasons that, uh, one of the reasons, I'm not for Trump. This this whole debacle was because of him. He allowed Fauci up there on that stage and basically handed the nation over to him uh, for the end remainder gates. of his end gates. Yeah. Uh, well, Fauci, Fau specifically Fauci well, and Burks, he handed well, yeah, the nation Fa over. Fauci's the front man for Gates. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I have no I have no interest in what what Trump has to say anymore. He literally handed over the reins to the swamp. You know, the, the what he said he was going to remove. Fauci's been in office for 40-some years, almost 50. Highest paid the, employee. The highest paid over the president. And he, no, no, I'm sorry. He didn't clean out the swamp. He empowered it. Maybe in the coming uh, months and years, maybe we'll thank Trump for exposing all of this. Maybe. Maybe that's what's good out of this. Maybe because he empowered them. Maybe that's what uh, uh, made them go radical and, and crazy and start doing this nonsense. And it, it maybe that's what will push people over the edge to purge the government. Maybe. But that's a stretch. You know, I was actually, it's funny you say that. I was actually, I was, I was trying to war game that out in my head for the last three or four days while we were kind of taking a little bit of a break. The Trump thing, just on that point, would we have seen all of this? And, and I, I'm with you. I, I really don't care what the man does. And quite frankly, I hope he doesn't run in 2024. I, I really, I don't even want to look at it. I don't even want to look at it because the stances that he's taken on this, as you said, he handed all this over. Not only that, he comes out and he doubles down on the vaccine, even now. We played a clip of it last week. He's talking up remdesivir. That's 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 killing people in hospitals. It's causing kidney failure, renal failure. It's causing people to drown from pneumonia. Exactly what we're trying to prevent. And he says, oh, that's a great drug, sir. You know, I, I, I agree with you that if he hadn't done this, then we wouldn't be able to see what's happening now. It still would have stayed concealed. However, I also look at it from an investigative standpoint, from my own experience. There are times when I had to purposely let cases go. Not that I didn't see them through. I always see my cases through. But sometimes you have to let cases go so you can get deeper into that network. You need to be able to see things you otherwise wouldn't be able to see. But there's a cost to that. Sometimes you weigh up things. You try and weigh it in your head in the moment sometimes even. It's, it's very difficult. Do you let that person go? 
do you purposely let that person go? And you take the chance that, well, if you let them go, they could kill someone later on that night, you know, an innocent person on the street. You don't know. But in this case, where we are now with this one, though I understand that sentiment, I understand that that way of thinking because I've been in that position many, many times before, and I'm sure I'll be in there again sometime. But the more that I think on it with, with this situation here, with all these swamp creatures, whatever you want to call them, uh, this, this, this established order, there are other ways you could have done this. You could have done this another way without the cost that we're dealing with now. And when I say the cost, I'm talking about the mental stress you've put people under, stripping away of not just their civil rights, their human rights, their dignity, taking away of people's jobs, loss of their livelihoods. There are other ways you could have done this. Now, is that to say that you would have taken us into what we all want to avoid at this point? We want to avoid another kinetic war, though I don't think there's any way out of that at this point. And by that, I mean, is anyone asking the question what China's doing? They're not making consumer goods anymore. What do you think they're doing over there? A kinetic war is what people want to avoid. But would there have been any other option? I mean, me personally... If I would have been in Donald Trump's position, which I'm thankful every day that I wasn't because I would have been more hated than he was because I would have done what needed to be done. But then again, see, there's two sides to everything. This is, what I, this is why I sit here and I war with myself on this because it's so it's so complex to, to extrapolate this out and, and try and come to a sensible solution. But do you let it go and go through this? And, and everybody goes through this, right? And when I say everybody, I'm talking about the populist movement across the world. Would we be seeing the populist movement in the streets, if we would have dealt with this, you could have dealt a crippling blow to the establishment, is my point. If you're in the position of what Trump was in, you could have dealt a crippling blow to the establishment. You could have dealt a crippling blow to the Chinese Communist Party. But how long would that have lasted? 20 years? 30 years? 40? 50? I don't know. In terms of the Chinese Communist Party or the Communist Party in general, it doesn't necessarily have to be them. They work in 100-year plans. They'll come up with something else. So if you would have set them back 30 years, they're fine with that. They'll think of another way. Or do we all go through this together? Does the populist movement awaken across the world, which you're now seeing happen? And do we let the, uh, the morons that are following this scientism, do we let them eliminate themselves? What do you do? If you're in that position, which I said, I'm glad I'm not. But if you're in that position, what do you do? To kind of go back to what Trump has done in all of this, I don't think any of it was intentional. By that, I mean... I don't think he intentionally revealed uh, the corruption in government. I don't think he intentionally revealed. I think this was all like, I think he's seen some of what was going on in there. And he was saying, um, I, I think he said the, the typical political lines, because that's what conservatives wanted to hear. He can read the room. He's a showman, entertain, an entertainer. I don't think he really has, he's a populist. He doesn't really have his own stand on things necessarily that he will stand up for or, or on. He has some things that he'll stand on, but generally speaking, more populist than anything. But he, so he just, he wanted to go in it, originally. This, this was his standpoint to, and you're, you're right. But his originally on, on the standpoint that he ran on, he said, look, I know what the problem is. I, I know what's what needs to happen in order for us to, to write this ship. I'll go in there. I'll get the economy going. I'll cut all this red tape as far as like businesses and stuff. And we'll get back on track. That's all that he was really thinking was that right there. And he, he wasn't stopping to think of just the oh, just what was behind that facade. It's like he, he didn't understand. I mean, as a businessman, I don't think he was understanding anything past what they were actually doing 
as far as like shutting off the economy. I don't think he understood that they were wanting to do that on purpose, that there was a larger agenda behind all of this. He was looking at, look, we'll, we'll just get back in uh, in the economical game, make America great again, get the economy going, bring some manufacturing home, and we'll get through this. I think that's as far as he was willing to go, or, or that's as far as he could see, rather, than all this other stuff happened. Yeah, I, I think that's basically... I think that's basically it in, in that sense. So the, this this pandemic and whatnot, I legitimately think he was in that in that moment with the pandemic, he was thinking, look, these are the experts. They know better. They, they're specialized in this. We'll put them out there. We'll, we'll have them, you know, help the American people through this. And then we'll get back, get started, you know, the, the, the two weeks and all of that. Honestly, when he started losing control of it, you've seen that he lost control of things in, uh, what was it, April, when uh, he said we were going to open up again and have like, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Easter would get back to normal and all that kind yeah. of stuff. That's that's yeah. what he was touting. It was clear that he had lost control at that point. I'm sorry, as the executive, uh, your job at that point is you've lost control. These These two employees are not doing as you instruct, fire them, both of them. And then fire the ones over them because the ones over them are not keeping their leash in close. So uh, honestly, he had opportunities to go in and just start firing people as they started showing, you know, showing that they were a problem. Um, He didn't. So uh, some of it, I think he legitimately just kind of, as the expression has been used by other pundits, um, he's a hand grenade and he's blown up walls. And he's exposing corruption, but he himself was not purging the corruption. Technically speaking, he exploited the corruption uh, with his business deals. I mean, he's he's exploited the the laws and and basically tax cuts and those kind of things. You know, the 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 little um, benefits the the elite give their donors and all of that. He was he was exploiting that all the same. It's all legal, but it's shady business. Um, so. Nah, I'm, I'm personally, I'm done with Trump. I, I, I don't care about anything that he has to say now. Just be done. I, I, I don't, I don't want to see any, any of your endorsements or any of those kind of things. I want the Republican Party to learn something from Trump in that you need to have a backbone and you need to get the job done. But then Trump didn't even do that technically. So did you really just say that you expect the Republican Party to learn something? True. Fair point. Republicans don't learn. You also expect them to have a backbone. I was getting ready to say, and you expect them to do something with that rubber spine of theirs that's hanging on a meat hook in a barn somewhere. Yeah, um, because as we've seen, much of the leadership of the Republican Party, not all of them, but the leadership are the same as Democrats. They're they're out there. Would you say that that Lindsey Graham is a leader of the Republican Party establishment? Would you say that? The establishment, yes. Yes. Who do you think Donald Trump put an endorsement behind this week? You see my Lindsey problem. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. You yeah. see my problem. Yeah. The, I would rather a Democrat in that position. Totally agree. In all honesty. Totally agree. You might as well have one in there, to be honest with you. You might as well have one. Yeah. I, I'm with you, man. I just, I can't, I can't do the Trump thing anymore. I can't do it. So buy your tickets, push your donate button, do whatever it is you're going to do uh, with Donald Trump. But understand this. Understand this. No one's coming to save you. Everyone's looking for someone else to solve these problems. It's not going to happen. No one's coming to save you. The only person that can save you, if you really want to get right down to it, and I think we can both agree on this, the only person that's really coming to save you is Jesus Christ. That's the only one. 
That's it. You want to put your faith in somebody, put your faith in him. Don't put your faith at in a man. Point, at this point, um, that may be the only solution for saving this this um, system. If you're going to put your faith in somebody, I'm just saying, right? To, to put your faith in something that's actually, you know, going to give you some faith, not not give you a bunch of false promises, and then turn around uh, and and uh, I just wh- whatever this agenda is, man, I'm I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. All right, uh, you got anything else? No, uh, I'm as you said, I'm I'm sick of this. I'm done with this narrative. I'm done with COVID. Never was a thing here. Uh, I mean, the two weeks past the two weeks. I was done after two weeks. Um, I I was done after two yeah. weeks. After two weeks, I, uh, okay. Two. I, I mean, I'll give you the two weeks. I'll, I'll give you. I literally, I will give you the two weeks, and I will stand behind that. Do you know why? I'm not trusting the Chinese Communist Party. Are you? No. 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 Uh, in, in fact, I went to dinner during that 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 early period, and it was the only time that I wore a mask in this pandemic once. And how many people have you killed? <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I can't. Do you, do you want to spend the last couple of minutes on Don Lemon then? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think you're part of the problem that he's alluding to here. Don Lemon said that uh, there's a because we've seen a surge in traffic accidents in America, and he said that um, the surge in traffic accidents in the United States and Bruce, I I attribute you to being part of this problem. An increase in uh, it's because we're having an increase in uncivil behavior by the kind of right wingers who have protested at school board meetings or refused to wear masks in public spaces. Yeah, because um, you're not allowed to protest at those school board meetings and wearing masks are highly effective at uh, stopping the spread of the virus. Clearly, because um, this is just pandering to the far left. I, I, I don't even know. How do they how is he even on the TV still? How is the station, the network, how is that still in existence? The ratings no are in the garbage. Yeah, I have no idea. It's it's just absolutely terrible. He's on uh, uh, Don Lemon tonight. I, like this, his show comes on at like eleven o'clock at night. Who watches that? Who stays up till eleven East Coast time? Who stays up until eleven o'clock at night to watch Don Lemon? Uh, I I wouldn't. I'm busy doing other th- other things at that time. Thirty eight thousand six hundred and eight deaths on the U.S. roads last year. The most fatality since two thousand and seven. And that's even with pandemic precautions drastically reducing the numbers of drivers on the road. So what gives? I'm, I'm quoting Lemon here. So what gives? Well, some experts are saying that this is a due to an overall lack of civility in our society. A lack, <laughs> lack of civility we have seen at school board meetings over mask mandates and on airplanes. No, I tell you what that is. The uncivil behavior is being perpetuated because you're putting undue pressure on the people that shouldn't have pressure put on them by a bunch of uncivil people. That's all that's happened here. You have a bunch of sick, low-life degenerates that are immoral, nihilistic pieces of garbage that are running the society, and you're putting pressure, threatening people's livelihoods, threatening people's children, assaulting their civil liberties, assaulting their human rights, and you have the gall to come out and say that uh, we're seeing an increase in uncivil behavior when you're the ones that are uncivil? Are you kidding me? Are you insane? Uh, that's rhetorical. Don't answer that. Right-wingers. You don't follow with the agenda. You're a right-winger. So let me guess. If I don't take nine jabs, I'm, I'm a right-winger now? That's what the European news agencies are saying. Uh, if you don't take a jab, you're, you're a right-winger. When, when the hell did that start? You know the biggest groups of people that are joining the protests across the uh, the cities of Europe? People that have had two jabs. Because now they're being told they got to take three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Are they now all uh, alt-right, right-wing, uh, neo-Nazi fascists? 
that are racist and bigots and, and homophobic and xenophobic. They're, they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at this populist movement, and they're getting nowhere, and they know it. We're going to have to go. We're out of time. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening. We'll see you tomorrow.